Hey, it's Celtics Lakers time. The rivalry renewed, and I am going to talk about it with the Locked On Lakers in a crossover podcast right now. Be ever ready. Recognize the city of champs. Boston, baby, we do what you can. Locked on number 18, Tatum and Brown, J team. Step back. We gon' wet that and slay teams. Of course, the Celtics, who else could it be? Screaming like KG with the Larry O.B. Corrales above average, assessing the team status. Best daily pod, no cap, salary matching. Clutch like Bird to DJ. Keep jumping on replay. Primetime, gapping up the truth on the sideline. Brandon James, how we started, raising banners, how we finished. Locked on Celtics, pod, home of the winners. B. Thanks once again to Be Ever Ready for the new theme music. Thank you for making Lockdown Celtics your first listen every day. It is free and available everywhere, including YouTube. So make sure you're subscribed wherever you get your podcast. Please subscribe to the YouTube channel. Appreciate you making Lockdown Celtics part of your daily routine. You can get every episode of LockdownCeltics.com. I'm John Corrales. I cover the Celtics for Boston Sports Journal. I've written a book called Boston Celtics All-Time All-Stars, available now wherever books are. Are sold. I've got a book signing coming up in Plainville and an unlikely story. Uh, if you want to do that, uh, that's Thursday the 9th. If you're in the area, please come by. I can sign your book for you. Today's episode is brought to you by Truebill. Truebill is the new app that saves you money by helping you identify and stop paying for the subscriptions you do not want or need. And they can even negotiate better deals on those you want to keep. The Boston Celtics are getting ready to play the LA Lakers. And so Let's just get into the conversation here. Lockdown Lakers, Lockdown Celtics, crossover episode, talking about history, talking about the Celtics, talking about the Lakers and their issues. It's all right now. Here we go. Hey, John. It's uh, it's good to see you. How are you? I'm doing great. How are you? Very good. This is our first, Andy. This is our first like genuine crossover episode here on the net we've had network guests on but never like what they call a crossover episode and now yeah. i can see why it's because you know here we are to talk about the lakers versus the celtics and if you're watching on youtube you notice that the network background for crossover episodes supposed to be a neutral thing something where we're on even footing it's green it uh, is just green. another green sign little, that everybody hates the lakers on the bottom there that little there's a little yellow there. Oh, looks looks a little more sun's orange than uh, yeah. Lakers gold. Well, we'll call it. Uh, yeah, it's not the forum blue and gold, but it's. Uh, I think actually the the network colors are, are patterned after the uh, old Sonics. I think that's where the uh, the actual color scheme comes from. Well, that is true. Uh, neutral site. That's very <laughs> as neutral site as you can get in the in the league right now. Hashtag uh, never forget. I'm just wondering, like Andy and I were talking about this a little earlier too. We we're trying to like what there was a stretch where you know obviously Lakers Celtics defined the NBA. Of course, Lakers Celtics to, uh, seven o'clock tonight uh, at Staples Center, um, and then a long time when it was completely irrelevant, like for anything other than you know people who just wanted to look back on the Showtime era and the Bird Celtics and all that. Yep. It was revived with the the two finals, but that's it's been a decade. Like what is does does Lakers how does Lakers Celtics resonate now in Boston? Because uh, uh, I just think it's an interesting question. I think I think for Celtics fans, it's always going to be something that that's a little extra special, right? Doesn't matter who, doesn't matter when, doesn't matter the record. When you're a, a really true diehard Celtics fan, the Lakers when the Lakers come to town, there's a little something extra. The the building does feel different. Uh, you know, ESPN came in and. They brought like two dozen people. They had everybody there. The media room was crazy. The 
we ran out of food. Like it was, it was crazy in the, uh, for, for that game, but you can see it in the stands. You can see it. There are a lot of Lakers jerseys in there. People are a little extra rowdy. So I think while it doesn't have the same cachet, I think league wide, when we're, we're both kind of covering teams that are middling around 500 at the moment, it's, it's still, I think within our little spheres, I think it's still a special thing. Yeah, I, what I always think about that that I find interesting with this because obviously for for whatever it means to the fans is up to the fans and the fans decide that you know if you're somebody that just loves the tradition that's the way you're going to be about this regardless of where the teams are at. But I remember years ago uh, when when Brian and I were covering the like the Kobe Powell or Lakers, Kobe talking about how before that 2008 finals that you guys won. And then a couple of years later, the Lakers won. But before that Lakers Celtics didn't really mean anything to him as a player. Like, you know, and, and this is somebody like Kobe knew the Laker history backwards and forwards, you know, as yeah. a big reason he wanted to be a Laker as, as a kid, you know, Kobe could have been a basketball historian if he wanted to, but he always said like for a rivalry to truly mean something for the players, it can't be, you know, either manufactured or just uh, like tethered to history. Like, you know, from his perspective, when he came into the league, you know, the Celtics and Lakers were never really good at the same time. Mm-hmm. So, you know, th- like the Kings and Spurs, like those were the games that got him up more personally than Lakers Celtics until he experienced that in 08. And then once he experienced then, he was like, okay, now I truly get it. And, and all of that explains why he frankly wigged out during the 2010 game seven just because the, the i mean he he said afterwards like the the weight and the magnitude of all of that yeah. even for somebody like kobe who has, has been there done that as anybody in the league it still was like holy crap this mm-hmm. is like your celtics game seven game seven yeah yeah i mean there's there's really nothing to me in basketball quite like celtics lakers game seven and so um yeah that's that's it's still to me, and again, I'm I'm an old guy, so I, I remember I was I cut my teeth on Celtics Lakers in the '80s, like Bird Magic was. Wow, you my, are old. My I am old. <laughs> yeah, I was a I was a teenager when the Celtics like '86. I was 13 years old, so that run of of basketball like greatness is is I think that's where the league turned back around. Obviously. I think Magic and Larry saved the NBA from the 70s kind of cocaine-fueled labor issues and and all of that stuff. You make it sound so bad, John. I know. I was like, (laughs) saved it from what? That sounds great. Some would call that a party, John. (laughs) Well, Debbie Downer. Sure. Um, (laughs) Look who's the hall monitor over there in Boston. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Well, but anyway, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I think, I think, look, when what, what sells it for me is when players come in and they'll say things like, and I get where Kobe was coming from, you get up for the games against other good teams. When you're good, you're not getting up for when one team's good and one team's bad. That's not a real rivalry. You're coming in to get your ass kicked. But when both teams are on equal footing, either both bad or both good or both in the middle where the Celtics and Lakers are, it still ends up the potential for a really good game. And it does bring back some of those memories. And, and some of these players that come into Boston, whether they're traded or free agents or maybe even from other teams, 
you 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 can say, ah, whatever. It's just it's Boston. It's old and stodgy and whatever. Then you walk in and you see the banners and you stand on the parquet. And it's the same thing when you walk into Staples and you see the banners and you stand on the floor and you see that big logo there and you're like, oh, wait a minute. Yeah. No, no, this Play, is player, new players different. talk all the time, John, about how the first time they go into the Lakers practice facility and mm-hmm. they see all 17 of those trophies and the banners and it mm-hmm. really is like, oh, wow. Yeah. Like, Wow. And the Celtics have that in their facility too, up yeah. on one end, all replica banners there. You walk in, it's like, whoa, uh, I, I got I got work to do. Have the, have the, do the banners still hold up? Because so few of them are from the modern era. Boom. Ooh. <laughs> wow. Look at uh, that low hanging fruit. Yeah. Yeah. And, was, and, here, and here's more. Hey, hey, please ignore no. the titles the Lakers won in Minneapolis <laughs> as I make that joke. Yeah. No, I know. I know. That was that was going to be my comeback that, yeah. that the city of Boston still has 17 championships and the city of Los Angeles only has, what, 11. So, uh, but actually, the answer is no, that they don't <laughs> hold up because the original ones are on display in the uh, in the Boston Public Library right now. And they're all like, smoke stained kind of old <laughs> cotton like the old garden where people used to smoke not just like the cigars the red arback cigars and all that wafted up to the rafters and that just soaked just nicotine tinged oh <laughs> oh john you're you're describing in my mind just a wonderful wonderful <laughs> the idea that everywhere you could go like everywhere you walked into you got your nicotine fix no matter, <laughs> no matter what the setting. Like if you went you know. to your physician and your physician wasn't smoking, you went and picked a different one. Like, yeah, well, I don't I mean, trust that- my non-smoking doctor. I got to go to a better one. I love it. I mean, this is it's like uh, it's always. Yeah. You guys watch Always Sunny. Yeah. Oh yeah. 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 When uh, when uh, Dennis t- tells Mac, I swallowed a couple of apple seeds. He says, "Smoke a cigarette. It'll keep the toxins down." Like that's that's the type <sighs> of medical advice. That you used to, I remember, like I, 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 in my research for my book, like you, you find old commercials and old magazine ads, and there's Bob Cousy with a cigarette saying, "I recommend such and such a, a brand cigarettes," and you're like, "Oh my god, these professional <laughs> athletes are sitting there saying, like, hey, this cigarette is what gets me through." Well, it was either ta- it was either take the cigarette endorsement or get it like a third job as a carpenter. <laughs> like these, <laughs> right. these guys didn't have a lot of options back. There then. was <laughs> a funny story with Tommy Heinsohn. With Red R back, the Tommy. Yeah, what was he uh, complaining about? Where he was. So Tommy obviously used to smoke. It's the sixties. He used to smoke, and and Red said, "You got to quit smoking. We need you to be in better shape." So he quit the smoking and he put on like fifteen pounds. And, he, and Red was like, "Just start smoking again because you got to be lighter. I'd rather take you lighter <laughs> and, and wheezing a little bit. So just go back to your smoking. That's fine. Yeah. Nobody ever oh, called man. Vladdy fat. No, right. nope, nope." All these pictures of these, you know, like these Central European, like Dino Raja for the Celtics, just like just a Marlboro hanging off his lip. Well, I mean, look, in those arenas, you might as well smoke because they're so they're, the the arena itself is so filled with smoke that not smoking doesn't do you a lot of good. You might as well uh, just it, level it out from exactly. the outside. You're inha- right. you're inhaling it anyway. Um, I, well, you, you both of you said something that was was I think key to the discussion about uh, Tuesday's game. Uh, the, the the rivalry means more when the teams are good. And both of these teams are in a position where they're supposed to be. Um, and it hasn't gone according to plan. So uh, let's get the lay of the land with both uh, the Lakers and the Celtics. We'll do that next. 
coming back to continue the conversation with Brian and Andy Kamenetsky of the Locked On Lakers podcast, getting into some of the Celtics stuff, the Celtics issues, Jason Tatum and all of that. First, I got to tell you about Truebill. You know why those free trials renew without you knowing it? Because it's a scam. It's a business uh, tactic that lets greedy corporations pocket your money without you realizing it. Download Truebill right now. Take control of your subscriptions. Truebill is a new app that helps you identify and stop paying for these subscriptions that you do not need, do not want, or the ones you simply forgot about. On average, people save up to 720 bucks a year with Truebill. And because companies make subscriptions hard to cancel, Truebill makes it very simple. Just link your accounts and Truebill will cancel your unwanted subscriptions in one tap and your YouTube, your Truebill concierge is there when you need it to cancel them when you uh, just can't get to it so you don't have to do it. So I had a, a subscription renew and it almost cost me hundreds of dollars, but it cost me a lot of money or it cost me a lot of time to get my money back. Truebill would have made it a lot simpler. Uh, Two million users have saved over $100 million with Truebill. So do not fall for subscription scams. Start canceling today at Truebill.com slash LockdownNBA. Go right now. Truebill.com slash NBA. It could save you thousands a year. Truebill.com slash NBA. Today's show also brought to you by Theragun. Do not let the stress of daily life weigh on your body. Whether you're an elite athlete, or somebody like me who tends to sit in a chair for most of the day, Theragun and its handheld percussive therapy can help you release your deepest muscle tension using a scientifically calibrated combination of depth, speed, and power. It's as quiet as an electric toothbrush. The Gen 4 Theragun just doesn't feel good. It, it gets to the source of the pain by releasing the tension and sig the Theragun signature percussive therapy goes 60% deeper than vibration alone. So whether you wanna treat muscle tension from working out, an injury or the stresses of the everyday life. There's no substitute for the Theragun Gen 4. I, a week ago, took a wrong step on a treadmill and triggered something in my back that laid me out. But the percussive therapy is something that really got me back on my feet a lot quicker than I have on the past. So it's it really can help you. Go to Theragun and try it for 30 days at only $199. It's at Therabody dot com slash locked on right now get your gen 4 theragun today therabody.com slash locked on therabody.com slash locked on have you subscribed to the locked on celtics podcast yet you can wherever podcasts exist and you can follow us on spotify hey thanks for making locked on celtics your first listen every day why not make Locked On Fantasy Basketball your second listen every day? Josh Lloyd will help you win your league. So check it out wherever you get your podcast, and also on YouTube. Now let's get into the conversation from the Celtics perspective with the Kamenetsky brothers of Locked On Lakers. All right, John. Like, okay, Andy and I talk all the time about where the Lakers are, um, or more specifically, where they aren't. Um, Boston. You guys were, I believe, four and six and have gone nine and five or nine and four, whatever the math is, since then. Mm -hmm. um, is what what had what was the problem? What turned around? And do you think there's a lesson in here that Lakers fans could latch onto that might make them feel better about where the the that the Lakers are right now? Because it's not good. Yeah. Um, 
I don't think what happened for the Celtics is going to happen for the Lakers because what happened with the Celtics is they turned up their defense and they became a a really good defensive team. I think the last two games, and we're still in small enough sample size where you have a, a game where you give up, uh, they give up 137 to the Jazz who shot like historically great uh, in that game. And then they gave up another 110 or 117 to the Portland Trailblazers. So they're, they're – Defensive rating went from like fifth or sixth down to tenth, mm-hmm. but they had, at the beginning of the season, their defensive rating was in the twenties, and then they they built it up until up to like five or six. And what happened was early in the season they were switching just a ton, and, and Ime Odoka wanted to instill in them the ability to just switch, and and it was something that was foreign to everybody. So we just did this. I've been calling it immersion therapy. He said, we're just switching everything. This is all we're doing. We're not changing. We're not going into drop. We're not switching one through three. We're doing everybody switching. And everybody was just, it was like so overboard that it became like a huge story within the media. Like, are you really going to switch this much? Are you really going to put Robert Williams out there against every point guard? And once they started to really get the hang of that, he started to slowly involve other defenses. And now he's got traditional coverage, a little bit more non-traditional stuff. And they can go to kind of whatever they want and interchange. So I think the plan worked for Ime. And the Celtics have become a pretty good defensive team. Offensively, they're starting to kind of turn it around. Jason Tatum, the beginning of the season, was just missing everything. He was in the biggest funk of his life. And now he's starting to break out of that. So I think if as, as they go, as he goes, they go offensively. So I think it starts with them just really ratcheting up the defense, winning some games, staying in some games where defensively they had that uh, 88, 86 win over Philly, which was gross and disgusting, but that's how, that's how they've been winning some of these games. What what were you seeing specifically with Tatum that might explain just the struggles and, and why, I mean, looking at his splits, I mean, they are brutal except yeah. for like the last three games heading into this one with the Lakers. Yeah. I think with Tatum, it was – he was being asked – first of all, I think he just starts slow in general now. Um, and there were a lot of factors. Like he was on Team USA and he had a short turnaround. So his offseason was a little bit different than a normal offseason. And I think he came in with a, a real kind of I'm going to the rim mentality. But at the beginning of the season, the refs were really swallowing their whistles and he got super, super frustrated. And, and his complaining to the refs was out of control and then you add to that, Ime was, has been asking him and pushing him to expand his game to be a playmaker. Really, when you get double teamed, just get off the ball fast, move, try to get it back, but really create for your teammates. And I think that I've been likening that to when you download a new app that eats a lot of processing power and you wonder why on the rest, like, why isn't the rest of my stuff working as well as it used to on my phone? Like, the processing power that it took to say, okay, now I've got to read this game and make these, these passes and these reads that he wasn't making before is now I got to do all this and, and then look for my shot. And I think that just, when you're not playing with a clear mind, I think things start to kind of, it's easy to fall into a little bit of a funk. You add all that other stuff in and it just exacerbated the problem and it just sent him down into a spiral. But to his credit, he did stick with it. And I think, now that he's he's had a couple of games where he's hitting some shots, he's got that confidence back, and he's still slinging some passes. He threw some passes against Portland that were like laser beams. So 
hopefully for the Celtics, this is something that can can continue because Ime's challenging him to be basically an MVP candidate rather than a second or third team All NBA type of guy. So adding that element to his game, that element to his passing, if he can get the shooting back up and keep that passing and still play defense, like all of that stuff will make him the MVP candidate that every team needs to be a contender. You mentioned how Emi Adoka challenged him to do that. How much do you think that registered with a guy like Tatum versus hearing it from Marcus Smart, who was basically saying the same thing (laughs) publicly in a way that became much more of a story? Yeah, I mean, I think coming from your teammate, it's one thing to say like, yeah, we need you to do this. And and there's like, like, yeah, whatever uh, kind of element, I think, to that. But when when it's the new coach – and it's a guy that you've kind of co-signed. You know, you, you had the Tatum rubber stamp on that. You you kind of you owe it to him to say, "All right, we're this is what you want. All right, I'm going to try this." And I think Tatum kind of knew coming in because he'd had that experience with Team USA. Emil Doka was on the development staff on on Team USA, and I think that he kind of knew what was coming. So, like, this wasn't a surprise. It wasn't like Ime said, no, no, you just be yourself. And then he comes in like, psych, I want you to drop 10 assists a game. So I think he kind of had an idea that that this was coming. And I think Marcus Smart just kind of, I mean, he's the longest tenured Celtic. He, you know, might as well be a captain. And I think, I think Smart had some other frustrations that were being kind of expressed in that. And it just came out as a, an outright criticism of Tatum. I think his, his, his anger was broader than that but they seem to have squashed that because since then they they've made a run and they've really been playing better basketball well and it's funny because like the lakers for all of what's gone wrong this year and you know we'll probably get to that in the next segment but like um you know lebron for example after the the clippers game the lakers have not beaten very many good teams this year have they beaten any really good teams andy I'm, i'm they came close to beating milwaukee Okay, that's good. <laughs> like, you know. They came, they came reasonably close to forcing overtime against Milwaukee. Like they've beat, they've won, they've won twelve games or whatever it is. But I, they beat Miami. Head, okay, yeah, they beat okay. Miami. Did Miami? Miami was missing Jimmy Butler for some of the game, not all of it. <laughs> not some <laughs> of the game. You can see where we what we've been reduced to on on this coast yeah. now with this team. Yeah. But like that, the, one of the like LeBron after the after the Clippers game, you know, talked about hat was talking about. The, the centerless lineups when the Lakers really lean into going small and how much he likes those both offensively and defensively and stopped and pointed out like that said I was you know garbage for you know these six minutes when we did it and I have to be much better like for all of their problems they haven't had teammates yet kind of calling each other out and I don't know if it's because LeBron hasn't been there but they're handling it internally and all that kind of stuff or maybe it's just not something that is an issue um with these guys in terms of you know feeling that that players are deficient in one way or another i just i just wonder like if something like that is is going on kind of under the hood because there's there's the 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 westbrook thing which you know undoubtedly lebron and ad helped engineer um signed off on by management rob palinka loves stars just as much as those guys do like this is their deal. Um, like I, I don't know if if the way the Celtics are constructed is quite the same way, where the players own 
what's been going on right. there in the same way that the Lakers players own what's going on with the Lakers. Yeah, no, there's there's definitely not like Tatum is not pulling strings right mm-hmm. now. And and I think I think first of all, because he's not at a level where he can pull the same kind of strings that LeBron and Anthony Davis can. And I think because I mean he's only just starting to feel the the weight of his powers. You know, like he's he's just getting into his second contract and he's he's been with this team from the beginning and and had very strong kind of upper management leadership along the way, very stable franchise. And so I don't think he's ever felt the need to challenge and they had early success. His rookie year they they went to the conference finals and and nearly beat LeBron in a game 7. So I think early on he's kind of felt like, yeah, okay, this is part of it. Like we're winning. We're we're winning playoff series. We're we're making some noise. We're not quite there yet, but we're so close. And so last season was the first really down season of Tatum, well, the Kyrie season as well, but um they they've hit a little bit of adversity, but it's the type of adversity that I think the Sacramento Kings would love to have. Right. So, you know, that's so realistically, Tatum is is not kind of in a position where he's like, you got to get me this guy and you got to get me that guy. You got guys. He's got guys. And he's not like he and Jalen Brown aren't like going to movies together. Right. But they, they do like each other and they're still trying to figure out how to work together a little bit. Yeah. This year, the first year without a Kemba, without a Kyrie. So I don't think there's that level. It's of, not that he, of, it's not the indictment. Like, you know, if LeBron or those guys start complaining about the effort from somebody else in the big three or, you know, Avery Bradley says, you know, LeBron's got to work harder uh, or yeah, whatever yeah. it is, it's really becomes an indictment of, of, uh, of themselves. Such different yeah. Position. yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Uh, before we let you uh, shift things in the next segment for, uh, Questions about the Lakers. Got to ask, how's our, well, our sell, the, the 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 Schadenfreude segment working for? for <laughs> yeah, how's uh how's our Alter Freund, uh Dennis Schroeder doing over in Dennis Boston? Schroeder? He's uh he's an interesting guy, um, an, an interesting player. He's he was great against Portland. He has these games where he's great. I think I'm curious to get your perspective on this. For a good portion of the season, you can say he's weird, John. We we spent all last <laughs> season. Him. You can it's, say it. It's it, it felt like every time I thought, God, he didn't play well, he had good stats. And I was like, huh, that, that's weird because the eye test tells me that he didn't play well, but he had like 20. And then I say, wow, he really played pretty good. And then I look at his stats I'm like, God, his, his box score looks like cra-. for the first like 20 games of the season, it felt like inverse, like whenever his box score was good, he played poorly to me. Was that... Like I, I think it depends on what, what do you. It depends on what you want him to be doing. Like I, I you know, Schroeder was not bad last year for the Lakers. He played extremely no. hard. Um, I don't. He wasn't happy, and he, you know, clearly, you know, you know, we all we talked about the contract and all that kind of stuff at length, and he, you know, botched that deal. But like he wasn't the reason they. It wasn't a great fit, um, and and all of that. But I, you know. I just think it depends on what you want. If you want him to be a guy who is a point guard, he's not like, he's not, he's not going to organize your offense. He's not going to make guys around him better and all what he can do is score. And, you know, if you want him to do that, if you want him to, you know, we need a guy who can put up 20 tonight because Jalen Brown is hurt. You know, he was putting up 30 for you guys at at different points. 
Um, and he and he actually is a is a pretty, I think, interested defender. And so you can use him that way. It's I think he's just one of those guys that because he's so good at certain things, the expectation, the hope is he can be good at other things too, and he's not. And if you take him out of his lane, he's a relatively ineffective player, and the and the the shortcomings are real obvious. Well, th- this is something, John, that I, I hit on a lot during last season, and a big reason why I went from really uh, approving and and happy about the deal the Lakers made to acquiring him to kind of, I mean, kind of souring on it relatively quickly. I don't think Schroeder is an ideal starting point guard. I think he is a super high end six man caliber. Player and and by the way, that's not a, that's not a shot at Schroeder. Guys like that are extremely important. Guys like that can be a key part of a true contending team. But I think the more you have him out there, at, you know, with the responsibilities that you would ask of a starting point guard, the the diminishing returns start to happen because he's he's really a shooting guard who's way too small to be a shooting guard. So he kind of has to be a point guard, and he occasionally can distribute well. But the shortcomings that he has as a player, you know, physical limitations, all that stuff, start to come through more as a starter than as opposed to a six man who's really just out there to get buckets and energize a team. All right, I'll be back to wrap it up. Get some answers about the Lakers when we come back. First, I got to tell you about Boost Mobile. You listen to podcasts for the power of the inside track. You switch to Boost Mobile for the power of saving money because with Boost, you get the power of a free 5G phone so you can listen to the latest episodes of Lockdown Celtics and keep up with your favorite players and teams. The power of three unlimited data lines for 30 bucks a month per line so you can family your family can share all the insights and the power of one of America's largest 5G networks you can do it all at the speed of 5G. With all that money you'll save and all that edge you'll gain. Just how powerful will you become? Switch to Boost Mobile and find out. Get a free Samsung Galaxy A32 5G when you switch to one of America's largest 5G networks. More power to save. Boost Mobile. Free phone limited to new customers and one per line. Additional restrictions apply. Offers and coverages not available everywhere for all phones or networks. See BoostMobile.com for details. Today's show is also brought to you by Crack Sauce. C-R-A-I-C. Crack Sauce is a local hot sauce made in Lowell by a Celtics season ticket holder and a wonderful staff over there. They grow their own peppers and source it from other local farms. This is a very great opportunity for you to support a local business and get this awesome hot sauce. It's not just a sauce that that challenges how hot you can make food and it's meant to torture you. It actually gives you flavor, unique flavors that you compare with different things that you make. I like to cook. I like to make different things. It's soup season. Weather's getting cold. You want hot soups. Some of these are really, really great. I used uh, the 40 Shades for my chicken noodle soup, and it was great. It gives it just a hint of flavor, that, that green chili flavor, just enough heat to make it feel. You can feel it, but uh, it's not going to overwhelm you. It's really great stuff. And again, it's a local company, so you're really supporting local people who are pouring their heart and soul into this product. Go to cracksauce.com, C-R-A-I-C, sauce.com. You're going to get 10% off with the promo code locked on. Uh, give it as a gift 
If you've got a hot sauce lover in your life, you're not sure what to get this person, this is going to be great. You're going to get four different flavors. Check them out at cracksauce.com, C-R-A-I-C sauce.com. Use the promo code locked on for 10% off. Be sure to follow our social channels at LO Celtics on Twitter and at Locked On Celtics on Instagram. So the thing with Schroeder with the Celtics is I think that was where Marcus Smart's kind of early season kind of angst was centered. Um, but he's he's basically a temporary player here. There's no, I don't think there's any way that he signs with the Celtics next year. He's going to go make more money somewhere else. I think well, that's what he uh, thought with the Lakers. So don't get ahead of yourself. <laughs> no, that's true. Or he's going to make less money playing with the magic next year. Like, <laughs> somehow. Like, uh, actually I'm, I'm a proponent of trading Schroeder. Um, if they can, uh, my, my, my take on, on trading Schroeder is some team out there is going to want to give something up for him. If you're in a pinch, you need that type of guy. Uh, I don't think it's unrealistic to ask for two second round picks, for a guy, yes, he's a free agent, but yeah, if you want to sign him, you want to get a a leg up and and maybe have a chance to re-sign him or, or get that. He is a really good six man. Uh, you want to get that guy on, and then sure, two two second round picks that opens up things for Peyton Pritchard to come in and be a, a backup point guard, and I think I think that settles things down a little bit for the Celtics. But um, let's let's flip things over to the Lakers because obviously the big story with the Lakers is your starting point guard. And I'm, I knew everybody knew that Russ was going to come in and have trouble right away. Is there any hope for you guys that Russ is going to follow a similar path like he has in the past that slowly you're going to see, like we've seen a couple of halves from him where you're like, okay, all right, I am, I'm seeing it. Do you see any level of consistency starting to creep into his yeah, game? Yeah, that? it's it's yeah. funny. Like we've done we, Monday's episode of Locked On Lakers was LeBron needs to play better. Like LeBron, even, I understand the injuries and all that kind of stuff. Like, but when he's on the floor, he has not been good enough offensively and defensively. He hasn't been as good as he was last year, which is at the very least where the Lakers need him to be. With with whether we did a, a whole episode last week about why AD needs to be better. Russ, it's been a like while since we've worried about Russ. Yeah, like he's been fine. Like I think yeah. if you know, as if if you don't expect Westbrook to be, you know, a top five kind of player, and he hasn't been that guy in a little while. He's got his flaws are too big, but you know, a, a, an All Star, you know, first team, you know, second team All NBA type, third team All NBA. He's been good. He's been Russ mm-hmm. is not their problem right now. I mean, like that said though andy I, at least from my perspective it's like the downstream effects of bringing russ in are yeah. really the issues it's not westbrook's play because he's been basically what you would expect and kind of want him to be it's just all the stuff that you were worried about that if you make this trade for what you gave up and what could go wrong has gone wrong yeah we've reached a place now where assuming russ maintains or even builds on this level of play john i think the question that you're going to be asking about the lakers is ultimately whether or not doing this trade left the lakers so shallow and and in particular when it comes to defense and the guys that they gave up to make it happen or in not re-signing alex caruso because of financial implications like that is ultimately how you would judge the trade 
as opposed yeah. to what Westbrook himself is doing. Like the last five, eight, whatever games, 10 games, Russ has actually been really good. Like, you know, he'll have a bad quarter, a bad half, but like that happens to that happens to superstar level players. You know, but on balance, Russ has been really good the last few weeks. Like he he has not really been something that you're worrying about. He's low key, very low key, not the problem. I would say if anything, John, because you're correct that the last few seasons, Russ has started out slow, then picked it up as he's gone along. I would say he's actually ahead of that schedule in terms of Mm -hmm. what I anticipated right now. So the problem when in the first game was when the Celtics decided, oh, we're just going to go to the rim. There was absolutely nothing you can do. To, to stop it. That is still going to be a live option for you guys Tuesday night. <laughs> <laughs> if, you, if, if, if Ime wants to just go ahead and put that as let's try that first, yeah. um, I have a feeling it will still work. Um, I remember but- being very upset on Twitter at like, guys, it's pretty clear what you need to do against these guys. Attack. And I remember Tatum settling for jumpers early on. I'm like this, that you cannot do the Lakers this favor. And they call a timeout. I think Tatum got two early fouls, and I was like, this is actually a good thing because Tatum's going to go reset on the bench, and Marcus Smart said, you know what? I'm just going to try this, and he just kept getting layups, and mm-hmm. everybody's like, oh, okay, okay. We, we can just conga line our way to the to the." Yeah, rim. there's also the, there's a little play that a lot of teams have buried inside their playbook called the pick and roll that yeah. you guys can also use <laughs> oh, to attack the pick, Lakers defensively. Pick just and, <laughs> pick and, and, and yeah, uh, you can either and you can write it out or you can use an ampersand. It's really <laughs> up to you. <laughs> sometimes just the pick or the rolls enough. <laughs> you don't even necessarily have pick to do or both. roll. So okay, but, so here. I'm sorry. Go ahead. I was just going to say, like you know, and and this is like our debate, you know, kind of Monday. You know, Andy, Andy, and I, we both agree on the the broad principle here that LeBron is not engaged enough, certainly defensively, on a possession to possession basis. And one of the things I'm just super curious about, and I'd love to go back and look at the film, is to what degree he's actually less engaged than he has been than the last couple of years. The difference being. You have Kyle Kuzma, you have Contavious Caldwell-Pope, you have Alex Caruso, and screw you guys for not uh, donating to the GoFundMe we had to try to you know, <laughs> let the Lakers raise the revenue to keep Caruso around. Um, but, uh, yeah, yeah, it's going to hurt a lot more in, you know, March. But, um, you know, like, the, the stars take defensive plays off particularly when they when they have to carry so much load offensively it's not uncommon lebron does it they all do it but the infrastructure was there so where to whatever degree it was happening it was less noticeable than it is this year because there is no infrastructure around him this year it's a bunch of guys who kind of can play offense andy is there anybody who can kind of just play defense or is it just guys who can kind of just play play defense i mean dwight (laughs) yeah okay and that's it. And like so, when when AD and LeBron aren't going one hundred percent, you know, um, and that's a problem because LeBron isn't bulletproof anymore. And that's just yeah, it's not how this trade was supposed to work. Here's here's my thought coming into this season was to not even almost not even pay attention to what the Lakers are doing in the first even half of the season. I I said I, I might have said it on Locked On NBA a couple times. All the Lakers need to do is float around. I wouldn't be surprised if they floated around right where they are now. They're six. They're 12 and 12. And look, the rest of the West, the rest of the league, there's a lot of parity in the league. You, you can float around seven, eight, nine, and then March, turn it on. Like, 
LeBron is going to turn it on. Anthony Davis, you think Anthony Davis is going to take nothing but jumpers all season long? Like, no, I think both of these guys. I don't know, John. <laughs> I've seen I, this movie. <laughs> he I, actually we're, might. A of, we're a bit of a dark place here, John, when in LA Hoops. A lot oh, of man. things seem possible. He's not going to take all jumpers, but he's going to take more jumpers than you would prefer. Sure. I mean, he's going to the rim. Sure. I can't believe this guy and coming in here to encourage Lakers fans, but I actually don't, from the outside 10,000 foot view, I actually don't. I'm not worried necessarily about the league. Now, I don't think they have what it takes to beat the top three in the mm-hmm. in the conference in a in a series, which is a problem. What I don't, kind of I just, comfort are you offering then? <laughs> like they're going to be a lovely think, five seed. <laughs> like they I have think, beaten I the think, red hot Rockets twice. <laughs> I, I think I think that after the All Star break or somewhere around there, you're going to see some level of LeBron. I think these guys are are sick of getting hurt late. I think Anthony Davis is sick of getting hurt late, and they're taking a new approach. We're going to coast through the beginning of the season. We're going to turn it on. We're not going to kill ourselves. LeBron's not going to kill himself trying to get an MVP at at 35. He's not going to kill – I just – I think that there's going to be a point later this season where the stories, ESPNs, The Athletic are going to be like, whoa, LeBron is back. Anthony Davis is back. And and that's going to be enough to to lift the Lakers, I think – Second half Lakers are going to be a much bigger force or a force. They're okay, not, you, you could there. you could be correct, but here's two areas, John, where where I'm going to have to disagree with you. First of all, LeBron wouldn't be trying to get an MVP at 35; he'd be trying at 37. He's 37. actually older than that. Um, but secondly, and this is what I think really matters: it's one thing to try to ramp yourself up, you know, as, as a veteran team with a lot of championship experience when you have a lot of experience playing together. It's another thing when you don't have the foundation built. So if that's something they're actively, I don't, I don't personally think it is. I think they've been struggling because they've been struggling. Um, I think sometimes they haven't been urgent enough about how it's a weird thing. They, they need to play harder. I've spent a lot of time talking about how they have to play harder and they haven't played hard enough, but I don't necessarily think that they're unaware that they're not uh, where they need to be. But the foundation isn't there yet. So if nothing else, that's going to be a really fascinating experience, uh, experiment to see, like, can you literally flip the switch with theoretically not nearly close to the foundation that's necessary when teams typically do that? Mm-hmm. Yeah, look, it's it's a fair thing. And, and I don't think the roster construction is entirely going to support what LeBron and Davis are what I think they're going to end up becoming. And, and that's, you know, that, that's a different conversation, I suppose. But I think LeBron and Anthony Davis and, and with that improvement from Russell Westbrook, I think you are going to see a, a much different Lakers team later on this season. And, and what they're going to hope is this is going to be enough. The three Westbrook, Davis, LeBron, mm-hmm. Banding and raising their game is going to be enough. And, yeah. and look, the superstar I, I, version of those guys is what they're counting on, and just haven't gotten right. it. And right, and and because they're all older and you know somewhat brittle, uh, they have to do it a different way. So, I I don't know what their ultimate ceiling is going to be. I still don't think that they're a championship team. But hey. No one thought that the the Suns were going to be in the finals, and, and you never know what's going to happen. True, 
you, you just, I'm never going to doubt LeBron, even though he is more, like you said, he's not bulletproof anymore, but I think, I think he's going to reach a level and, and we'll see what happens there. Uh, so I think, I think this, what I'm seeing from the Lakers is it's, it's, it's worse than I thought, like in the, in the moment, but when I pull, when I pull back, I'm like, it's, it's still not bad. Like it's just, I'm, I'm putting that back burner. I'm like, let me check in with the Lakers again in a couple of months because I look at the standings and they're 12 and 12. I'm like, Oh, that's dangerous. That's dangerous that they're like for all of the struggles that the Lakers have had, they really kind of needed to be like eight and 16 for, for me to be like, Ooh, they, they might have a That's problem. Really- 500 <laughs> now. If you break down the schedule, getting to eight and sixteen would have been a challenge. <laughs> but I mean, you know, I am, they were up, they looked like they were up for it at certain points. But no, look, I that we'll is what, that's what that's what people hope. And you this, know, it, the Celtics game is going to be an important game for you guys because mm-hmm. if it hap- if it goes the way it went the last time, then you can take what I said and and maybe be like, uh, not not tear it up, but like start to start the the process yeah, at some point at some point the lakers need to start showing the capability of of beating decent teams yeah um you know they were at moral victory level against the clippers on friday and the clippers have their own issues so um well this was this was fun we've never this was our our first real crossover uh you of course have done many of these veteran of the network which is probably why <laughs> the thing is green um again lakers haterism like everywhere pulling strings i'm the ones you got to make that green or i'm out Nice. Um, GM. We'll, we'll see how it goes uh, on, on Tuesday night. John, thanks for doing this. This is fun. Yeah, man. This is a lot of fun, guys. Appreciate it. All right. Kamineski brothers over there, uh, Andy and Brian. Great conversation. Celtics Lakers on Tuesday night, 10 p.m. local time. Uh, TNT. It's going to be a great one. Celtics, if they do what they did in the last game, can come away with a big win, much needed win. So we'll see how it goes. I'll have it all covered for you. I will do a podcast after that game very early in the morning so you can have it for you when you wake up and are ready to get going. So make sure you're subscribed to get it directly to your device. Subscribe on YouTube so you can get notified when I publish on YouTube and share the podcast. Tell your friends, tell your family, tell everybody that they should be listening to and watching the Locked On Celtics podcast here on the Locked On Podcast Network.